Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the 20% Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Meckes. Today's guest is Michael Harden. She's the co-founder of Juno Search Partners, Juno Capital, as well as also heavily involved with many Philadelphia-based organizations such as Disrupt HR, HR Revolution, among many others. We had an incredible conversation. We covered a variety of topics. She couldn't emphasize enough the importance of networking, how to create culture and maintain it through COVID, and also what you would teach in an Entrepreneur 101 class and much more. Please enjoy my conversation with Michael Harden. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Tyler. I am so excited to have you. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, uh, I see Juno search partners all over the place on LinkedIn. I see all of the cool things that you're doing around the office and, and what you're doing with your employees. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, to give everybody a background of Michael's uh, career, she has a ton of experience. Uh, she's the co-founder of both Juno Search Partners and Juno Capital, which you recently just started up, as well as um, this incredible list here, Disrupt HR Philadelphia, co-founded CHRO Awards, your visionary co-founder of the HR Rev Evolution in Philly, and also the coolest thing that I think is that you self-proclaimed yourself as mom of the year. So That's to start- right. My wife and I are both new parents of, of a 10-month-old son. What's your best piece of parenting advice to start? Oh, my gosh. Um, somebody, when, the, when our boys, so we have um, twin, twin boys, they're seven years old, and somebody said, I don't know that this is advice, but this person said, the, 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 the days are long, but the years are short. And that has proven, I think about that all the time, because um, you know, you're sort of in the thick of it and it, and it can feel, you know, amazing, but at times very arduous and, and, uh, but you just sort of like blink and the years go by. I, I mean, I just, I have personally enjoyed every year, um, for different reasons and people will say, hang tight and only gets better. And, and, you know, and it really does. It's just, it's just the most fun journey ever. Wow. I, I love that. And that, that's so true. It does seem like, you know, we get, get caught up in the day to day, but really before you realize it, you know, wow, I'm, I'm 10 months and it feels like we just had them yesterday. So I can't imagine, you know, how the years kind of compile like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, let's jump into to your career advice career. Um, I saw on your LinkedIn that you got kicked out of college. <laughs> what happened there and, and what did that teach you about your career? Well, they, they don't um, keep you around if your GPA is like under one, which, you know, I think happened at one point. Um, I can't, oh gosh, I have to speak for the person I was at that point, which was, you know, obviously probably enjoying um, waitressing and tending bar and uh, drinking with my friends afterwards more than prioritizing school at the time. Um, which I, I don't, I don't use the word regret very often because certainly, you know, all the steps and missteps are, uh, you know, sort of lead the path. Um, but you know, would have been good to pay, pay, pay better attention in college. <laughs> you know, for, fortunately I had, uh, the Dean of my department, um, at the time I actually ended up going to, to school up the street. So I grew up in Kutztown went to Kutztown University, which we called affectionately grade 13, um, because so many of us just kind of went up the hill. Um, but the, the dean of the department, the telecom department, um, I grew up across the street from her for a few, for a few years anyway. And, um, you know, just totally adored her. And I think she adored me. 
And so that was my, one of my first lessons. And it's important to have good relationships because she just, you know, she just slipped me back in, you know, and said, don't, don't let, don't let this happen again. <laughs> that's, that's important. So it sounds like your, your relationship with, uh, with that person kind of, kind of saved you. How do you go about building relationships now? And what's the significance of building great relationships with people? Oh, man, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's everything. I mean, certainly, you know, we're in the search and staffing business. So, um, you know, people are, people and relationships are at the, at the heartbeat of everything that we do. But I would say that, you know, relationships are so critical to really everybody's path. Um, you know, the, the, just the building the strong foundation of, relationships and networking and keeping that, you know, sort of vibrant ecosystem of people that, you know, are going to, are going to be there for you. Um, whether you know it or not, sometimes, uh, is just so critical to success. Yeah, absolutely. You never know who, um, who you're going to meet or when they're going to come back in your life. So, um, that's, that's, I'm sure you, has there been any, any experiences where, you know, you've built a relationship with somebody and didn't know that it was going to, you know, not that you're looking to try to get things to pay off later on, but any relationships that you had that, you know, you had a good opportunity uh, from somebody that you may, may have never thought that would have came from? Uh, Tyler, I mean, countless examples. Um, you know, when we were um, starting Juno 10 years ago, um, one, of our, one of our philosophies to sort of disrupt and this should not be a disrupting philosophy, um, but to disrupt kind of search and staffing was just to talk more about the relationships and the people and the how and why behind companies' missions and, you know, how the positions fit into, you know, the company and make them successful. And again, it's, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a big concept, but search and staffing can sometimes have a little bit of a black eye for being more of a metrics driven. How many calls did you make? How many people did you talk to? Can you use that person right now? If not, put them on the back burner, what's closest to the money. And we just sort of said, we're going to really focus on a really learning our learning. You know, at the time we, we were, we were doing pretty much only human resources and executive support. So we said, we're going to really entrench ourselves in human resources and really understand it inside and out, backwards and forward, and really understand this vibrant HR community here in, in the Philadelphia metro region. And then also we were going to talk about the clients and the people. And that has come back, you know, in countless ways. I mean, one thing that pops to the top of my head was I, I um, early on had a had an HR leader who uh, spent a good amount of time with a company and she was, um, she was downsized, laid off, and it just, it, it blindsided her. And she was in our offices and she just got overwhelmed and she started crying a little bit. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I've been doing this for so many years. I know this is inappropriate, but I, I haven't been on this side for so long and I feel so scared. And you know, we were just really kind to her and help, you know, just kind of helped her as we do with everybody, never placed her, but just helped make her introductions and got her reintroduced to the, you know, local community. And she's taken with, she's taken us, our firm with, with her at every company she's, she's been at, which I think is, 
you know, I think it's the third company now that she's hired us to do a bunch of work. And that's just, you know, she couldn't do any, anything for us, I say in air quotes at the time, you know, but we're just, um, you know, we just really believe in that. We just really believe in the pay, pay it forward, right? Wow, that is, that's an incredible story. So it sounds like your main philosophy is always to take care of, of everybody. And I saw um, a quote that I thought was pretty interesting. You said, we recognize that every member of your team is an integral part of your success and it's part of ours. Does that kind of fit into to what you mentioned there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, again, um, just to go back to my early sentiment, you know, we, we, um, we don't, we don't place fees, right? We don't, which is the language that you would hear other search firms use sometimes, right? We, we really place people and it's really meaningful for us um, when that works really well, you know, when that works really well, when, you know, we, we have a really good stick rate. And by that, I mean, um, you know, our placements tend to last really long, um, you know, because of that, because we make sure that we make sure that we're doing good work, not, not quick work, um, to, to, to get to the fee. Wow. That is incredible. So you really put your people first and that's, it seems like, you know, some companies, they probably just are, like you said, more worried about the call metrics and about the the short term, but it seems like you guys are, are really, um, want to try to get people in the long term and, and really have success, not only for the individual, but for the, your customers that you're serving from the, the HR, um, uh, professionals that you're actually helping fit these positions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That, that is incredible. And it's, it's no secret, the passion that you have behind this. Um, so let's talk about how, why you started Juno Partners. Well, you know, again, I go, I go back to, um, you know, to some of my previous comments, right? So um, I worked for a contingency search firm in, in uh, Old City uh, for just a couple of years. And then I actually worked at a retain, a boutique retained firm in the city um, and, you know, I, again, really felt like, um, I had great training. I loved the industry. Uh, I just was so passionate about talent acquisition and talent development. And, you know, I'm sort of a natural, um, you know, relationship builder and, and salesperson. And, and so, you know, I loved the client side of things but just really felt like the people aspect, you know, it just, it, it, it just boggled my mind that, you know, sort of, we never really talked about the people, right? We talked about call volume and how many interviews you had booked and how many, you know, new clients you had booked and how many new jobs you wrote and how, how, you know, push this contract through and make sure that person stays for the 90 days and so on and so forth. And we really wanted to, we really wanted our differentiator being, you know, talking about the clients and the candidates. And again, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we set out to really um, embrace the HR, the human resources community at the time, this was 10 years ago, and um, just sort of loved the transition that HR was making, right? So like, 20, 30 years ago, HR was personnel down the hall. You didn't really know what they did. They, you know, were maybe in charge of benefits. 
and you know that's the place that you maybe went to if you got in trouble if you said something you weren't supposed to say so on and so forth and then the the, the trend of really embracing hr as a strategic business partner you know that was you know 10 years ago that was still evolving and we saw that evolving and we really wanted to um just immerse ourselves in, in, in hr and talent acquisition and so i think that was another thing that i think sometimes you find these agency recruiters and you know you you can talk to them as a as a candidate and and or client and you you think to yourself they don't really understand what we do or how this function works within the organization or why this person is important or what's the potential career pathing. And we just said, we're going to learn, we're going to learn it all. Right. And so, um, yeah, so those are definitely some of the whys. That is great. Before you mentioned uh, disruption, COVID has been incredibly disruptive. How has that yeah. changed your role, your job, your company? Um, I don't think we have enough time to talk about all the ways, but I, but I think that, you know, we're, we're certainly not unique. I mean, it's impacted, uh, you know, it's impacted all of us, of course. Um, you know, we were always a company that was set up, uh, to, you know, provide some work from home time. Um, you know, we're, Technologically, we were, you know, we've always been, I would say, advanced in terms of like, you know, having everything on the cloud and the communication channels and, you know, so on and so forth. And so we were able to go virtual, you know, with no headache whatsoever from that standpoint. You know, but I was really nervous. I mean, I, I was nervous for a multitude of reasons, but, you know, our culture is, you know, we're such a culture forward type of company, right? Like, so we have the office with the shuffleboard table and the foosball table and, you know, the kegerator and we have potluck lunches and we celebrate every, you know, baby shower and wedding and holiday. And, you know, we really, we really believe in celebrating a lot, right? And we, we really believe in having fun. And so I was nervous, you know, and, and, and I still think, um, the the team that we have amazes me every day um, because they've been just incredibly resilient. Um, we have managed to just stay so connected. There are so many things that, you know, we miss being together, no, no doubt about it. I think that, you know, once this is all said and done, we'll go back to some sort of hybrid model because I think people are enjoying a little more at home time. Of course, I, I'm one of them. You know, I've the hustle of life, the slow, you know, the slowdown of the pace and the more time with the kids has been, has been a dream. You Absolutely. Know? Um, so I think the answer is somewhere in the middle, which will be great. But, you know, there were so many, there's so many interesting things that have been, you know, sort of born out of this. And one of them is we've had wonderful committees, you know, we've had a health and wellness committee and a DEI committee and uh, an employee-centric committee, um, employee relations committee, we didn't have previously, and they've done just a phenomenal job of keeping us inspired and together, and keeping the celebrations, you know, continuing. And you know, we have more sort of collaboration, which is which is amazing because we're all sort of at home working in solitude, but but there's actually more collaboration than there's ever been. Um, 
cross-pollination. There's been, you know, certain people have pivoted and, and kind of switched divisions and it's working better for them. So, um, so COVID has been, you know, has taught us a lot of lessons and some of them have been hard lessons, but, you know, I think some of it is here to stay. And I think we meaning Juno and then we meaning like, you know, maybe dare I say the world, how, how we function is forever impacted and changed. And I don't think it's all that bad. You know, right. I think there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this. Absolutely. I, I truly believe that as well. I mean, I know I've done a ton more connecting, whether it's on LinkedIn or with some of my other, you know, other work colleagues, just, um, you know, with, with Microsoft Teams and, and the different ways um, that we could communicate, which we're, we're very fortunate about. Sure. What, would you, what would you say your best piece of advice is for companies to maintain a good culture while continuing to work from home? Hmm. Um, because you're doing a, a pretty good job of it, it seems. Yeah, we are. I, I got to tell you, I, I can't take any credit for this. I mean, the, the, my group really leapt into action, you know? So, you know, as I said, the, um, it, we just have such a committed, dedicated group of people that genuinely care for one another beyond, you know, success at work, but like really care about each other on such a human level. Um, I, I can tell you what I've witnessed them doing. Again, I can't take, I wouldn't take much credit for it, but you know, we're doing um, Zoom happy hours. You know, that, that the committee that I mentioned previously, they've done bingo. We've done bridal showers. You know, we've done, um, we did our 10 year, you know, they, 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 they surprised us with this just beautiful 10 year anniversary that they did a slideshow for over the years. Um, so connections, you know, we, we do, you know, the fitness committee has us doing, um, you know, has us doing running challenges and Peloton challenges and my, walking miles challenges. And they check in with, you know, five minute tune-ups throughout the day to sort of keep your mental uh, fortitude going. Um, the DEI committee is doing just like tremendous programming and really stretching us to think about how we, you know, how we think about and talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I, I guess my advice is hire a great team, like, like we but, seem to do, because they're amazing. It sounds like it's at the hiring level. And, it, and, it, and what I keep hearing as well is it just comes down to relationships. I feel like all about life, I know we mentioned relationships earlier and the importance that they've had in your life, but relationships with your other coworkers as well seems like it's been a, a good way to keep people driving and, and, and moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's incredible. So recently you just started Juno Capital. What, what caused you to start jumping into, the, into more of the, that venture? Um, <clears throat> so I would say that was you know, a concept that we had thought about uh, over the years. You know, we have been so involved in the you know, emerging growth and startup community, of course, from a human capital standpoint and supporting, you know, some of those organizations from a, you know, recruiting and development standpoint, talent development standpoint. And we have just, I mean, we just, one of the things that I, and I say we, cause I feel like I am speaking for sort of everybody at Juno, but one of the things that we love is, you know, we really get to, 
learn about so many different organizations and so many, I mean, there's just so much, Philadelphia is just brimming with, you know, interesting talent and entre, the, the entrepreneurial community is so vibrant and the startup community is so vibrant. And we've always talked about how we can support that community, you know, beyond the Juno search partner side. And obviously one, you know, really, really obvious answer is support them from a capital standpoint, right? Like, um, like money. And, um, we have a chief of staff, Dylan, who um, always is in our ear talking about how we can sort of stretch ourselves beyond what we do. And he's a real innovative, um, forward-thinking person. And, uh, and yeah, it just felt like the timing was right. You know, the timing was right to, um, to, to, to try this out. I mean, we're, we're by no means venture capitalists, at least not at this point, you know, we've got big goals, of course, we always do. Um, but we really felt like Philadelphia was just this beautiful community that's always given us so much. And, you know, not that it's an, it's certainly not a nonprofit, but it, we do view it as our way of like, you know, giving back to, to this, you know, this city that has, has been so kind and generous to us over the years. Yeah, that, that is incredible. And, and uh, you know, I live on the, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, but so I don't see too, too much of the, the more of the entrepreneurial stuff, but that, um, that is, that is really, really incredible. Um, to, 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 to start these companies yourself, was it scary at first or is it just, is it just, you know, when the timing is right to just go do it? Um, hmm. I don't know quite how to answer that. I don't, I don't find that scary. Um, I don't, I don't have, I have a high threshold for, um, for, for that sort of thing, I guess. Risk tolerance. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't find that like, I, I just think, well, what the hell's the worst that's going to happen. Right? right. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't find that scary and I don't know about, you know, I don't know that we have, uh, a magic bullet in terms of like timing and things of that nature. You know, I, I certainly, as I told you before, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid from a small town and I went to the, the small state school up the street. So I don't have some sophisticated business degree, you know, but I think that again, and my business partner and I are very aligned on, you know, really strong work ethic and, you know, in, in integrity, um, and we are service providers, uh, you know, that's the heart, the heartbeat of our organization is that we're a service provider. And we really take that, that seriously, right? Like just servicing the client um, and doing the right thing. That, that is great. And, and to, to everybody listening who, who comes from a small town, you can go do that. You can have the drive and ambition to, um, to go do whatever you want to do. And to, if you want to, you know, start a company that you're passionate about, like Michael has, go do it. Right. Um, so for those people, you know, if you were going to be teaching an entrepreneur 101 class, what would you share with people? Um, geez, I feel like a little bit of a broken record, but, um, you know, if I was ever to give a Ted talk, it would be around networking your network and your relationships. I, you know, to, to further the point we made earlier, I, I just have countless examples of like, you know, I took the time to meet this person for, for coffee for a half hour or an hour and lent, 
lent an ear and some advice and you know they're now part of my community and my network in such a meaningful way it just comes back to you in so many different ways you know not to mention that you know i i really you know i i kind of collect friends you know i got i got married in 20 2014 and you know it always struck me that i had you know clients and candidates and you know former employees and current employees and just you know this it's just it's just wonderful you know i i'm an i'm an extrovert um but even even as an introvert even if it takes a even if it takes you um takes a little bit of work right like it's so critical to make sure that you're building your um network of people and don't think about you know that as like disposable what can you do for me today you know think about that as a really long-term strategy for success um and then i would say you know this is you know again this is overused but resilience right resilience and tenacity you're, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be faced with a lot of challenges and a lot of failure and you know, I think that's kind of what separates people that rise to the top is not, not being afraid of, not being afraid to fail, really. And is that your best piece of advice for overcoming failure? Don't be afraid of it. Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Let's go do it. And I love the, the long-term uh, of, um, of what you mentioned about building these relationships and because it feels like so, a lot of the time when people are reaching out, it's like, oh, what do you need from me now? What, what are you going to ask me for? So it's really cool that you're trying to build these long-term relationships so that they are sustainable and, you know, it, it, it feels good. Uh, I saw a couple of months ago, um, speaking of, of kind of the long-term side of things, you started, you were starting an entrepreneur club. It looked like with, with your kids and maybe some of their friends. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Maybe what you're doing to try to help with their long-term growth? Oh, sure. Um, so we, uh, early on in pandemic, we sort of, um, you know, we of course went home and, and, did our part for civilization and, and uh, went to the grocery store every other week and loaded up and we're going stir crazy. And then we started a pod with our, our great friends in the neighborhood who have two boys that are um, similar ages as our boys. And so was got us socialization, got the kids socialization. And, uh, you know, we became very close with that family. Obviously we've spent a lot of time, a lot of pandemic time together. Right. Um, and when the whole, you know, of course, months ago, we, we, we thought there was a chance everybody was going back to school and then, and then that became clear that that wasn't happening. And then, you know, the parents kind of started talking about, um, what they could do in terms of clubs after school. And so, um, you know, one mom is an editor, so she was going to do, you know, some filming and some editing. And one mom was going to do bake club and, you know, the other mom was going to do arts and crafts. And as you can tell, it's, we've got four, four moms and four boys and these, and these families. So, um, and everybody just, just thought that I would just be the gym teacher. That was my most obvious, <laughs> but I really started, I really started thinking about, you know, entrepreneurship and kind of teaching the kids um, about all different facets of that. And I found a really wonderful website. Actually, I'll have to give them a plug uh, venture lab that just had tremendous material, you know, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not recreating it. You know, I'm putting, putting my little stamp on some of the things, but, 
you know, they just had wonderful free, um, you know, material to, to do this. And so we get together with snacks after school and, you know, talk about all the different types of companies there are. And, you know, these kids talk about, um, you know, ideas and how to, how to register with the government and how to build out websites and how to um, differentiate, differentiate yourself, excuse me, in the marketplace and how to take this idea. I mean, we're not, we're not through all this yet, but at the end of the school year, I hope to have an actual living, breathing company with uh, four little partners. So yeah, it's been fun. That is so cool. You're gonna have to let me know when that next meeting is because I want to learn about all this stuff too. Is it yeah. Is that still too soon to learn about this? Uh, and these kids, man, they have I just crack up. I actually have a, I have this list of ideas here and I just I just love looking at it. I keep it on my desk. It's like, you know, one of the we've got a robot lawn lawnmower, a self-playing soccer ball, a goggles for blind people, a uh, super fast sneakers, uh, pizza kits, uh, potential name for the company, and Amazon number two. It's just, <laughs> awesome. it's just awesome, fun stuff, you know, to, to see the way their little brains work is just, is just delights me to no end. And that's so, so good that the gym teachers exercising their brains. So that, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That and then we go out and throw football sometimes. And what, what do they teach you? are they, I know you're, it's your role to, to kind of help them in this, but have they taught you any lessons about yourself or um, any other spark, any other business ideas that you could try to jump into as well? Well, I, I don't know about business ideas. I mean, we're, we're still working on it. There are some ideas, there are some fantastic ideas in here. Don't get me wrong. But I think the thing, and you know, I mean, my, my own children have taught me so much um, about the world and about myself and learning about them is just, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Um, but I think the thing that, you know, when we sit down and we, you know, start talking about all these things, they're, they're at this, they're all, so let's see, we've got an almost five-year-old, we've got my two seven-year-olds, and I think the oldest is eight. And so they have, you know, nobody has like ruined them yet in terms of like, being worried about saying something that somebody else is going to laugh at. I mean, they just have a great time and they're just like, they're not sheepish about anything. Right. Like, and I, I think as you get older, you can like, Oh, am I going to say something that, you know, somebody's got, I'm going to be made fun of, or maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe I'll just not say this out loud and just, they're kind of reckless abandon at just wanting to, wanting to talk through all these things. It's just, it's just totally delightful. That's incredible. And it seems like we put those barriers on ourselves as we get older. So I think instilling that that's okay and that they can continue that childlike sense as they get older too, I'm sure is going to be incredible. I, I can't wait to hear, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, what these guys are doing. And hopefully we could talk about that uh, once they're, uh, they're making all this money or, 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 you know, doing whatever they want to do. So that, yeah. We've got some social entrepreneurs in the group too. The the oldest, uh, he's 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 loves animals. So he's, I think he might be our social entrepreneur. He's working on how to, um, you know, how to save the animal kingdom. Wow, we need more people like that. So thank you for uh, for helping to to harvest some of their their young brains. Uh, before we wrap up, I'd love to know you're you're on the board of so many different organizations. Um, 
what's the importance of being on these boards and, and how do you get involved and why did you get involved with this? Uh, you know, again, um, that's all, you know, sort of the, the networking piece of things and the immersing yourself in the local community piece of things and the give back piece of things. I mean, um, my business partner and the entire Juno team, you know, we are a very giving group. Um, you know, we're very generous with each other and, and, you know, with others and, and whether that be clients, candidates and, you know, and, and our community. Um, and so that's just a found a foundational piece of kind of what we do and how we do it. Um, you know, so I think it's a mixture of, you know, as I, as I said to you earlier, I'm sort of an extrovert by nature and I love to be sort of out and about meeting new people and, and I love hearing new thoughts and ideas, you know, that's disrupt HR. That's, that's amazing. You know, and I was, I have a dear friend, Kelly, who, um, who actually pulled me into that. Um, and I'm grateful, so grateful that she did, she did. Um, and then the nonprofit stuff, again, this is a, this is very much a Juno thing. The, the whole team, um, is always looking for give back opportunities, whether that's donating our time, um, donating money, doing a competition to raise money to donate to a group. Um, you know, we always do uh, around the holidays. We've always partnered with an organization that we like donate gifts to to children or um, you know children's hospitals, things of that nature. So it's just it's just a very foundational piece of. Again, not just me, but like our entire organization. Wow. So it sounds like it's no secret that you love to give back. And it sounds like you built a culture and, and other people are brought other people around you who also love to give back just as much. So that um, I think a lot of people need to learn from that because giving is, I think, is way more important than receiving. Um, what is the best piece of career advice that you could give everybody as well that you've ever been given? You're going to make me talk about networking again. <laughs> hey guys, every, you, okay. So important. Michael is not a broken record. It is so important. You're not a broken record. This is important. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll change it up a little bit. And I, um, I recently went through uh, a program that was like uh, building uh, EQ, right? Talking about a, uh, talking about uh Everybody, everybody talks about IQ, right? But talking about EQ and now what is uh, EQ? Emotional, I'm sorry, emotional intelligence. Okay. Um, and so we, um, I sent a text to a friend of mine, you know, one of the exercises was to like go back and, and, and thank a friend for something that was like, you know, pivotal that they might not even have ever thought about. Right. And I remember gosh, I was like 29, maybe at the time. And um, I, I felt like I was not making much progress in life. You know, I was, I was, I was uh, personally, I was not out yet. And I was really hiding who I was. And I was hiding a relationship. And professionally, I felt like I was not progressing, you know, as, as I had wanted to or hope or thought I was capable of. Right. And, um, I was just, you know, really having a down day and I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, you know, Michael, you know, sometimes in life you just, you take, you have to take one step back and in, in order to take two forward. And 
I, I don't think she recognized at the time that I was like, God, I've thought about that so often. And I thought like, this is just kind of where I am now, right? Like this isn't my forever. And I'm going to take two steps forward in another direction because the direction I was on was like maybe not working, you know, as well as it, as, as it should have for me. It was not serving me very well. And I thanked her for that. I think, and I, you know, she, she was like, oh my gosh, you know, she was delighted that, 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 that was so meaningful to me at the time. She, she didn't even remember, you know, saying it, of course it was, you know, this is probably, I don't know, 16 years ago or something at this point. But anyway, I think that's a pretty good, that was good advice for me at the time. And I think that's pretty good advice in general is like, you know, life is full of setbacks. You know, it is not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not always forward momentum. Sometimes you feel like you are taking a step back and that's okay. And I think the interesting thing now about sort of the, the way the world of work works, um, it's not, as, that's not as articulate as I had hoped it would be. <laughs> it still works. Um, but, you know, we're not, you don't join IBM at 22 and just stay there for, for 35 years. Um, you can, your, your career path can have a lot of pivots and changes. And if you're not doing, you know, if you're not, if you're not finding gratification in what you're doing now, you can take a step back and do something else. You can, you know, um, they talk a lot about um, the, uh, oh gosh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Uh, the gig economy, right? You know, that was never even a possibility. And that's a possibility now that you can, you know, sort of find your passion and go from gig to gig. Um, so anyway, that was long, but you no, know, that was, that was so incredible. And, and if you, I feel like so many people hit a, hit a, a bump in the road and they're like, Oh man, what could I do? Like, but it, it's okay to hit those bumps, take a step back, see where you want to go next, follow your passions and move forward. That, that was a great piece of advice. And also, I think it's a great lesson. Everybody needs to, to go and, and thank somebody for something that um, they did for somebody. I, I don't think that there's enough gratitude in this world. And um, I think that more people need to be more appreciative like that. So, um, so thank you so much. How can people learn more about what you're doing with Juno Search Partners, Juno Capital, yourself? Well, we are, we are all easy to find. So, um, you know, we've always kept a pretty good social media presence. So Juno Search Partners, Juno Capital, um, easy to find via website, LinkedIn, you know, Facebook, all, all, all the places. Very good, Michael. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. That wraps up another show of the 20% Podcast. I would love to know your feedback on this episode. So you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Tyler Meckis, or you can send me an email at 20percentpodcastquestions at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, send it to your friends or anyone who could benefit from listening. I absolutely love your feedback and sharing and subscribing to the show is the best way that we could get the word out and help as many people as we can. Additionally, if you know anybody who'd be interested to interview, please send them my way. Until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.